You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Welcome back, everybody, to our next episode. Here's what's happening on the farm. So it is uh, mid-August, and it is hot, 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 and very, very muggy. Last week, we had a few really great days that were like in the 70s, and it started to feel a little like fall, and oh, I really loved it. Heat is not my friend. But in the orchard, we have all of our fruit is ripening up. We picked a whole bunch, probably two or three bushels of pears. And with pears, you have to, um, you pick them when they're really, really hard. If they will release from their stem, then you know it's okay to pick them. But they need to sit on the counter for quite some time. So we won't have to do anything with them for quite a while. Just have to monitor them and make sure that they're going to get, that they're ripening and that we get them at exactly the right time. And because all the trees are ripening and the fruit is ripening, we now have what we call our cleanup crew. We have a flock of probably 16 or so deer that live here and in a, kind of in this corridor that's being squished on all sides by um, big development that's going on here in Frederick. And these deer feel very safe. Um, they've just, they have their babies. Um, we have a whole bunch of fawns out there that still have their spots on. They're very cute. Mom will let you walk almost right up to them. They're start, these deer are starting to get pretty tame knowing that they um, are pretty safe here in between the few farms that we have right in this area. Nobody seems to really be hunting them. Um, so the cleanup crew is these three or four does with their babies, and they are going in and eating the fallen fruit. And we're really okay with that because then we don't have to worry about the bees and the hornets and all that stuff with the rotting fruit on the ground. Um, as long as they stay in there and that they don't eat Bill's tomatoes, then we're really, really happy. Uh, so, yeah, we call them the cleanup crew, and they're doing a really, really good job. So today, what I'm going to talk to you about is defeating the overwhelm that everyone feels at Fiber Festivals. I you know, Here in on the East Coast... There are two in-person, we hope, fiber festivals coming up. And, you know, we haven't had any for so long. And um, the number one thing that I hear as a vendor is people who will come up to my booth and say, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. And, oh, I totally get that. Um, as a vendor, it's not what I want to hear. Um, I, I want you to be excited and I want you to be um I want you to be relaxed and I don't want you to be feeling stressed out when you come into my booth. Um, so that's what I want to talk to you about today is how we can get all of us can get to that level of um, 
de-stressing our time at a fiber festival or really any festival. And I really love going to festivals, um, all kinds of festivals. The, when we we're in California, the state fair was fantastic. There was um, in Napa Valley a mustard festival that we really loved going to. Um, just so many different kinds of festivals. And hopefully we will be getting back to that kind of lifestyle again. And so today I'm going to be talking to you about before I was a vendor, like what it felt like for me to be a festival goer. Um, this is what I love about fiber festivals and you probably do too. It's like, there's so much energy and there's a lot of excitement. I love seeing all the new things that people have. Um, I love tasting new things, sometimes old things too, like funnel cakes, you know, those are always good, no matter how old you are. I love listening to the music. I love watching people demonstrate what they do or what they're selling. Um, I really, really love seeing the exhibits, whether at, at a fiber festival, going to the skein and garment or the, or the photograph um, exhibit, or if you're at like the state fair, seeing what the 4-H kids have done and, you know, looking at the people who have put their canned goods up or their beautifully decorated cakes or, you know, it's just so much fun to see all that creativity all in one place. And I've always felt that I really get like filled up creatively by seeing all the things that people have done and what they have in their booth or what they have in these exhibits. And then there's always a lot of animals, right? The goats, the sheep, um, at one festival, the Shenandoah Valley Fiber Festival, they even bring in camels, which is like so cool. Um, and they're gigantic camels, but that's something that you wouldn't see everywhere, right? There's just so much to love about going to a festival. But yeah, there's the downside too, right? And my A number one is the parking. Oh my God, it's my per first pet peeve. You know, especially if the weather's been weird and you're parking in the mud or, um, you know, it's just parking can always be an issue. And then, you know, just ask my husband. FOMO is a big thing for me and it's really, um, it is a thing, fear of missing out. Um you know, wanting to be able to get there early so you don't miss anything or, you know, are we going to be there with enough time? That kind of thing. And sometimes the weather can be just be really awful if it's too hot or if you if it's a little bit too chilly or maybe it starts raining and you weren't prepared for it. So the weather can sometimes be horrible. Um, those announcements that you can't understand that are just like grating on your nerves. Um, when the, when you can understand them, especially at Maryland Sheep and Wool, the guy that they have doing the announcements is a crack up. And people just start laughing in the aisles. He's so cute. But, you know, whatever it is, like somebody has lost their keys or somebody has lost their credit card or somebody has lost their child. Like he will, you know, make some kind of a joke about about it and um it just really can crack you up um but if if they're just announcements that are like wah, 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 you know it's like that can be annoying and it kind of grates on your nerves 
I can't stand people who just stop right in front of you. And I also can't stand the people who bang you from behind with their strollers. It's probably part of that whole thing. You know, when you're in some of these fiber festivals and it's just too um, crowded, the person in front of you stops. The person in back of you runs over you with their stroller. Um, Yeah. People aren't really watching where they're going and people are kind of, you know, in their own fog. And that can be a little bit irritating, especially if you have a place to go. Um, If you want to get into that specific booth because you want to get that specific thing, the first thing um, when you get there. So those things can just be really irritating. And then, of course, the crying kids and the snapping parents or grandparents, those can be um, unnerving during the day. Um, and, you know, every it just adds, it just builds to to the stress. You know, we take on the stress of other people around us and, you know, you can start feeling that. And then there's some people, maybe you're standing in back of them in line or maybe they're in back of you and they're just rude. They're just plain rude. There's nothing you can do. You're standing in line. Be nice about it. Um, And a lot of places there aren't very great, healthy kind of food choices. Um, Rhinebeck is getting better about that. They have really interesting and and pretty healthy um, kinds of foods. Maryland Sheep and Wool has not gotten there yet. Um, Yeah, it's mostly uh, fair food at Maryland Sheep and Wool. Um, And then there are the lines, okay? The lines for the bathroom, the lines for the food, the lines to get into a booth or to get out of the booth to be able to pay. And, of course, the noise. And it's really hard to have a meaningful conversation with anyone um, and with vendors who may not be local to you, it, that is very difficult to do because everyone's attention is kind of divided um, and there's so much noise. And so it's really hard to have meaningful conversations. And I hate being tired and I hate being hot and I hate being cranky. And But the underlying thing is that I want to make sure that I'm getting a lot for the time that I'm putting in. And I think everybody has that, which causes um, a little bit of stress um, to make sure that, oh, I need to see, you know, these 10 vendors or I need to see everything. I need to go into, you know, into every building and see everything is going to add to your stress. And then, you know, so again, we haven't had any fiber festivals since the fall of 2019, basically two years. Um, And so what will happen this year? The festivals, at least in our area, the two, um, there's three actually that say that they're going to happen in person. Um, But are they really going to happen in person? I don't know. And if they are going to happen in person, are you going to go? How safe do you feel? Um, going to one of these and whether you go or whether you don't go there's going to be overload anyway because we changed um, in-person fiber festivals to online ones and you know now everyone has zoom overload right Um, there's still a fear of missing out but one of the issues is that each festival 
is in a different format. Each festival has different expectations. And how do you learn how to navigate them all to get the best experience of that festival? Um, for instance, last year, Rhinebeck wanted the vendors to have like basically like business hours and people could drop in at any time. And that was a little hard, not only for the vendor who had to um, be on for all those hours, whether you knew anyone was coming or not, but they're also for the, for the participants, like what were the expectations? Like if they came in to a room, a zoom room, um, would a conversation already be happening? Would they be interrupting? Would they, uh, or if they came in and it was just the vendor and nobody else, well then, you know, now what do you do? Cause is, you know, is the vendor going to give a presentation? I mean, with, it was just a lot of weirdness going on with all of those. Um, some festivals had you go to the vendor's um, website and some had their own um, kind of Etsy shop thing um, uh, put into place. Like the, I guess it's called Eventny. Um, where the vendors were supposed to put their stuff up on this other website that you could buy from. So again, it's like, how do you learn them all? What are the expectations? And, you know, did you decide to still participate? I know a lot of people did, but I think as the year and a half wore on, I think a lot of more, more people kind of decided to check out. And even as a vendor, I decided that I had kind of had enough of those online festivals because it was really, um, it was difficult to navigate all the different uh, expectations. And I decided to just continue doing my online sales and, um, and my open studios and relate to people that way. And um, I'm glad I made that decision, by the way. So let's assume we are going to have um, a festival or two this fall. So this is how I enjoy a festival without an overload. And again, I'm speaking as a visitor and not as a vendor. Um, I thought about this a lot and um, put it into practice as well. So the first and foremost thing is just to decide that you're gonna take your time, that you're there for the day, or maybe if it's something, I know a lot of people at Rhinebeck do two days, but you're there for the duration and you're gonna take your time. You're gonna walk um, leisurely like, you're going to keep your stress under control. And you're going to plan your day. I plan my day. I know these, these are the things that I want to see. And then I ask whoever I'm going with, what are the things that you want to see? Let's plan our day. Also, I think it's important to plan your purchases. That, again, defeats the overwhelm because you know that you're looking for certain, certain items. Yes, you may find others along the way that you just have to have, 
but at least you have this list of these are the things that I know that I want to get. And you can always fall back on that as this is your go-to. And any, if I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed, I can just like go back to the list. So I have made a worksheet for you. Um, and basically for me, I think it's a plan for two or three projects. That's the max. And maybe a piece of equipment or two that you might um, want to get to add. Like you want to look at those um, glass knitting needles from the people who come from Oregon or you want to get a drum carter, and so you want to look at, you know, here, here, and here, or you want to get an e-spinner, so I'm going to go, you know, to Hanson and, and Eel and all the, and, you know, all these different places, you know that that's the things that you're looking for, and so you can kind of plan out your day. The organizer is available on the website, on Flying Goat Farm, on the podcast podcast page, there will be a link that you can download the organizer. And I will say that if you see something, and even if it is your first time around, that's another thing we hear as vendors. I, I just got here. I'm doing my first time around. It's like, okay, you don't have to tell us that all the time. Um, but if you see something on your first time around that you know that you like, you know you really, 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 really love it, buy it. Buy it then. Because number one, you won't be able to remember where it was. Or if you do remember where it was, you're going to be so tired at the end of the day that you're not going to want to go back. I know because that's happened to me. So if you, if you see something like that, buy it. Buy it then and just not have that weighing over your head after that. I also like interspersing exhibits with shopping so that you can kind of get your head clear again. So do a shop, go shopping within one building, then go to the skating garment, then go do a little more shopping. And then maybe you go and have lunch, that kind of thing. So you're always doing a little shopping and then doing something that's not shopping that is filling you back up again and giving you more energy and take time, take time to sit and reflect people watch. There's great people watching. Um, and make sure don't forget your self care. Remember to bring your water. Remember your sunscreen. There's nothing worse than getting home and just being a lobster, right? And, you know, either bring your food or, you know, make a plan of, you know, we're going to have, you know, lunch here and we're going to have ice cream there and, you know, whatever. So don't forget your self-care because, again, taking that time out is going to um, make your experience so much better and so much more meaningful when you do get back to the shopping part. Okay, so you tried your best and you're still feeling overload. My A number one thing is make yourself go take a break. The minute that you start to feel overwhelmed and stressed out, walk outside and go find a bench. Remember that you have that shopping list and review it while you're sitting there on the bench. 
And it's great to be supportive of your friends, but don't get caught up in their overwhelm. Like if you start to see them getting stressed out, then maybe you suggest, hey, let's go, let's go sit down. Let's go take a little bit of a breather. Let's look at what we already got or whatever. So remind them to take a break as well. One of the best um, ideas that I heard of was a group of friends that kind of made a camp. So they had picked one spot. I think they probably brought like camp chairs or something like that. And, you know, made like a, a knitting circle. And so people in the group, small groups of that group would go off to do shopping and then come back and then go out to do shopping and then come back. There was always somebody that would be there watching all the stuff, but you had, you had a place that you would go that had your friends and that you would still have a lot of camaraderie and you could de-stress. Um, it was a safe place to hang out. It's a safe place to revive yourself you don't have to carry everything um, and you still have like the connection with your friends. And so I think if you're going with a group of friends, that that is really um, a great way to kind of handle yourself at a festival. And so today you can, you can start preparing for these festivals, right? Right now, when it's so hot, it's a great time to go through your collection and see what you have and see what you need. And if you haven't already listened to the beginning of this season, I have a series of podcasts right at the beginning of season two that talks about becoming the curator of your collection and making friends with it and loving your yarn all over again. And so I would you know, urge you, if you haven't listened to those um, podcast that you do that. There's time. Um, one of the things that I urge people to do during the that series of podcasts was to make a wish list. Um, so you could see, oh, I really need to have, um, I don't have anything that's yellow or green and it kind of gives a nice pop or um, I don't have you know, or I have too many blues and purples, what could I add to that to make those things pop? And so you can start making a wish list for yourself and using that organizer. Um, again, that, that organizer will be on the podcast page on flyinggoatfarm.com. And then just keep your eyes peeled about the in-person festivals this fall. I think right now we're kind of in um, a fluid situation with um, the variants. And I know here in Maryland, we used to be uh, at, at the yellow level. Now we're at the orange level. Several of the counties have started putting mask mandates back in place, even if you're vaccinated. Um, so just, you know, stay abreast of what is going to happen. And because I, we really want to go, right? We really, this is something that we love to do. And so it's important. And it's so at the risk of you hating me, um, I'm going to say, go get your vaccine if you haven't already, so that we all can get back to life as we know it. The life that we want to live, being able to 
go to in-person fiber festivals, to be able to connect with our friends, to be able to see vendors from other states and other locales, and to really begin to live our life again. So coming up next, this is this podcast is the end of season two. Um, I've been podcasting now for um, over a year, a little bit over a year. Um, and I'm really glad that I started doing it. I hope that you enjoy listening. I will be taking a little bit of a hiatus for the next few weeks. I'll be starting again uh, mid to late September. Um, when I do get back, I'm going to be starting a new series on creativity, like what it is, who has it, P.S., everybody does, how to cultivate it. So until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making. <laughs>